The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, Mac19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as always is the fishing Rickerman. How are you buddy? Pretty good, what about yourself? Not bad, not too bad. Are you in the bathroom tonight? No, no, I'm just in a bit of a different spot. I'm up against a wall and it's, I think the sound's reverberating a little bit. It does, it sounds like you're uh, in jail and you don't want anyone coming up from behind you or something. <laughs> what have you done, Macca? Well, I haven't done anything yet, but uh, <laughs> there we Watch go. out for that soap, I heard it's slippery. <laughs> it can be, that's right. <laughs> well, what a weekend, eh? What a weekend of footy. Unbelievable. Yes. And fixturing. And fixturing. We've finally got our next group of games. We might as well go through them first off. Uh, hey, so Macca, this though, is... firstly, yeah, firstly, though, come on, let's let's get to the punch. Like, we've been, this is our seventh season doing this. Yeah. Right? In eight years, we had a bit of a hiatus last year. Yep. Um, what a season is it's turning out to be. Hey, isn't it? Who would have ever thought? I mean, at the start when we decided we'd go around again and I was thinking, oh, God, what what are we going to have this year? I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting us to be 6-1, and one, that's for sure. But uh, certainly very, very happy that, that we are. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So this is, uh, this is block rounds 9 to 12. So round nine, we're playing Melbourne at the Gabba on a Thursday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Following up round 10 on a, the following Monday, which is the Western Bulldogs at home. Then round 11, we play Richmond at home on the Saturday. And then the following Friday, round 12 is Geelong at the Gabba. So what Friday were the first night. two again? Melbourne. So Melbourne at the Gabba and the Western Bulldogs at home. So when are we at Melbourne at the Gabba? Uh, Thursday the 30th. So, so next we've got a Thursday. Thursday night game at the Gabba, which is a, a double header, so I'm assuming will be the Foxtel game. Yeah. Um, and then we follow up with a... A Monday match. So a four-day break. So four-day break yep. against the hard-running Bulldogs mm-hmm. in Adelaide. Yep. And then the following game where... So We've got Tuesday, a six-day so, break. No, five-day break. Yeah. Man, challenging. Very challenging. Very challenging. But are you, uh, what, what do you think? Are you happy with it? Oh, look, it's going to be a big test. That's uh, that four. Those four games are going to really define our season, I think. Yeah, Melbourne at the Gabba, you would think we should be winning that, but it won't be easy. Western Bulldogs at home, that'll be that'll be a tough game. Richmond at home, that'll be very, very tough. And Geelong away, that'll be um, that'll be very, very tough as well. Especially considering that'll be Geelong's third game at the Gabba in a row. So they would have settled in. And uh, we're obviously flying yeah. up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal on Geelong, isn't it? We've yeah. got to travel once and then have three games in the same location. You know, they, yes. Yeah, they always have to do it tough, those poor buggers. Yeah. Especially with St Kilda this week as well. You know, they're in pretty good form. They had a decent win last night against the Crows. Um, You know, these six games or five games, you know, if we're going to be top four material, we really need to be winning four of them, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, well, I mean, we're not alone, right? I mean, everyone's in the same position. So, hey, what's going on in the background there? Nothing, mate. Ah, oh, man, one of my apps is running in the background, Macca. Just oh. uh, hold on while I, uh, I change it. The NBA app. How did that open? Because my fat cheeks. All right, there we go. That solved that problem. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see if Richmond and Collingwood, like Geelong, have that just a little, little bit of a plush tweak where they don't have to move as much, so to speak, as other teams, but um, overall, I guess, we're all in the same position primarily, so short turnaround times, and uh, yeah, I guess we could have had a harder fixture, we probably could have had 
maybe Richmond and Collingwood in that block as well, outside of Melbourne and and that. So uh, yeah, well, Richmond and Geelong's hard enough <laughs> as it is. It is, but I mean Collingwood's a pretty good team at the moment. So, um, but yeah, look, we got to play the good teams at some stage. So exactly uh, right. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Port LA boys are showing. Bring it on! So bring it on! It, it's bring exciting. It on. I, I love the attitude. They're just going it, going out and go getting it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we've got a f- few uh, posts on the Spreaker chat so far. The Corns brother has said, "Mackie, you naughty boy." Thanks, mate. And uh, Windy Runner says, "Hello to the greatest podcast." We'll obviously get to that. Uh, that pun a bit later as well. The Corns brother also says, do you think our motto of anyone, anywhere, anytime is giving the AFL an excuse uh, to give us shitty time slots and unfair travel, more away games? Uh, not sure. I mean, as we said, like everybody's in the same boat. Um, you know, pretty much every team's got a, a four-day break, I think, at some point. Uh, so, you know, you just got to test your squad. You know, there's a lot of guys that haven't played yet or haven't played a lot of footy. You know, guys like Garner, Georgiades, Bergman will get their opportunity. Maybe Drew or Atley if they're fit as well. Uh, we might see someone like Jackson Mead come in. Uh, we might see Jared Leanett. Um, you know, that's what it's all about this year. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be a real squad effort, I feel, uh, these next sort of five games. I was sort of I was thinking about it while I was watching the news. Uh, I think we almost need to, um, and they might already do this, Right, but I would be breaking the our roster into categories based on age profile, and you know, and so then you you've got your, you know, once once one of those in the the top echelon of the age profile are either injured or um, or need to be rested, um, you would uh, you would actually uh oh, my my daughter's just let herself out of her crib during the show. It looks like I'll have to migrate to the other route. Mm. So, um, yeah, so a bit like Sam Mays, right? Everyone was saying, why did Sam Mays get selected? Why didn't we bring in, you know, Jackson Mead or whoever, a younger player? I, I think we're just going to have to break him into that age group and then look at the age group and one goes out, the next one goes in. Um, yep. Because I don't think you can get away with like putting... Um, you know, 15 of your juniors all in at the one time. So no, you can't do that. No. So I think that's the only way. So, you know, if Boke has to be rested for a game because he's just shattered, well, then who's the next? Like, maybe Rockcliffe that's on the outer, he comes in. You know, if Ollie Wines got injured at the same time as Boke, um, well, who's the next one in that age bracket that comes in and you just cycle through, like, the three age demographic profiles? Yeah, I don't maybe try and... I think that's a good idea. I mean, that's, you know, I guess... That was my sort of off-the-cuff solution to it. But, I mean, there's going to have to be player management. There's no way they can do that. You know, they're gonna, maybe the defenders and the key forwards, potentially, but such a high-intensity game of footy, I think it would be tough. Yeah, absolutely. Windy Runner has also said, did, did they move us to the Gabba because of our record at Portricon? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Well, our record at the Gabba isn't too bad. Yeah, it's all right. It's not too bad. Look, let's get into our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the footy on the weekend. What's your hate this week, buddy? Oh, I don't know if I really got a hate, Macker. I don't. I mean, it was such. Maybe, um, maybe if I go to the port board, the uh, I only thought about the love. I didn't really think about the hate. <laughs> but I mean, there's some people out there that are still trying to find negatives. As port supporters, in the uh, in the what what's going on with Port Adelaide, and I think, well, just we got to enjoy life a little bit. Yeah, we've we've had a few, uh, we've had an extended dull period, really, and probably underachieved. But I think the team has shown enough fortitude to for us to have some optimism and and sort of just back back the players in, and you know, so everyone needs to lighten up a little bit. You know, maybe maybe the storm is going to come and. Like you said, we need to win four of the next six. You know, maybe we might win three of the six. We're still in a good position, and uh, you know, I think everyone just needs to enjoy the moment instead of just being that little bit extra cynical. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think um, you can't, you probably can't really blame a lot of people for that sort of attitude. But look, as I said, the last few years I've just been taking it one match at a time, just enjoying each match as it comes for what it is. 
not worrying about anything else and uh, trying to trying to enjoy the football that way because what I was finding was I was having the same attitude whereas we'd win games and it'd be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because we'll lose next week or that sort of attitude, which is not, you know, it's a toxic attitude to have. It's not healthy uh, when you're trying to support a team. So I figured, look, let's just support the boys one week at a time, enjoy each game as it comes. If we win, we win. Fantastic. Um, and let's hope we win a lot of games. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Look, that, I thought that was a very enjoyable game on the weekend. And look, guess I walked out in a half with about three minutes to go and, uh, <laughs> you know, was kicking things and <laughs> swearing and whatever um, because I figured we'd uh, we'd just um, blown it. Uh, but look, you know, it was a very exciting finish, wasn't it? So you did a you did a Rick move when Port played St Kilda in the rain, and I spat the dummy when we were a couple of goals behind with a few minutes to go. Uh, yeah, maybe I went to the toilet with about two minutes left. We we had a run of handballs and we handballed it through the middle of the ground. I thought, oh, here's our chance, and then we handballed it straight to an opponent. And I thought, oh, bugger this, we've blown this. So I walked out, went to the toilet. So I missed uh, missed Butter's goal line save, and I missed Marshall's inexplicable loss uh, loss um, miss from Point. the goal square. Mm. And uh, I walked back in as Robbie Gray was uh, sort of uh, getting up off the ground and, and moving back to take his kick. So I thought, oh, here we go. Oh, Siren's going to go. Um, but yes, we'll go through what happened next uh, a bit after. Was his was his trip a fifty meter penalty? Probably not. I think it was in the act of falling, act of marking or falling. So I, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it would have been worth a fifty. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Plus, I made it more dramatic. Anyway. <laughs> it did. Yes. Uh, my hate this week is it's just got to be the shanks at the end of the game. Like, take your chances, guys. You know, shouldn't be shouldn't be left up to uh, after the siren sounds to uh, to win that sort of game when we have you know three or four. Pretty easy shots, um, which we should have nailed before then. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. It's um, they look for for key forwards. Um, you know, they were uh, they were pretty easy. Um, mm. Yeah, you can't get much easier than that. And it was a shame Kane Farrell's ball bounce just sort of jagged to the left. It did. Running. Yeah, it looked like he was uh, he was clear, but then uh, bounced yeah. over his head or something. But well, no, just sort of bounced to the left. Like he's running. The ball was was to the left of him. He's running in front, like you know, to the goal. And then if it, the ball ran on, he just sort of ran into an open goal. But it just sort of deviated a little bit to the left towards the Carlton defenders. So he still got it, obviously, but he just lost that little bit of time and space. But <clears throat> hey, that's football, and you know that's why I always say that Gavin Gavin Wanganeen was probably the best. What I've seen was the best reader of the bounce of the ball that I've ever seen in football. He yeah. he just knew when the when the ball was in the air, when it was gonna land, how it was which way it was gonna go, and he was always able to get it correctly. I always found that amazing with Gavin. Yeah. I thought um you know Gray had to kick that goal instead of handballing it. Yeah, yeah. he should have taken the responsibility to swing around and kick it. And Marshall, like, you don't have to boot the cover off the football when you're two mm. metres out. Like just, he could have just dribbled it along the ground, or just you know, all he had to do was drop it on his foot, and it would have rolled in anyway. And instead, he tries to kick it over the stadium, and uh, and somehow misses from there. I don't understand. But I wonder if Robbie sort of fluffed his set shot before that, you know. So then, did the easy handoff because really he, it was he a had good... that little bit of doubt, didn't he? I think. Yeah, and look, you know, I've said it before, like. He's not always the best set shot for goal, so uh, I was—I must admit—I was a bit nervous with that kick after the siren because, um, yeah, I—I I wasn't putting my house on it to be honest. Mm. But hey, he came came up with the trump, so uh, yeah, good on him. Yeah, uh, Windy Runners' hate was uh, Burton getting injured, and his love was Marshall kicking inside fifty. Uh, the Corns brother has asked uh, Mac, have you ever had a bad word to say about umpires? Uh, on occasion, yeah. I have. I try not to use them as an excuse, though. I don't understand why Carlton fans were frothing over the umpiring. 
Uh, I don't think it was that bad. I thought it was fairly even throughout the day. They probably just looked. They just probably looked at the stat sheet in the last quarter. It was eight and one, and so they thought they were robbed. But they, you know, they were all there. They probably gave away a few more extra free kicks. I thought they were all there. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, like I thought, you know, there was a couple of really dubious ones that went their way. More dubious than what we got, I thought. But. Yeah, well, and a couple of their initial goals at the start of the game were from free kicks, really. That, that sort of helped transition their run. But um, the, probably the most glaring thing was Travis Bokes pull off the ball that allowed Sam Walsh to kick that goal in the last quarter. You know, that was mm. a blatant, blatant yeah, free. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But overall, I mean, and Marshall getting kneed in the guts and giving away a free kick, that's another one. But, yeah, uh, yeah but overall it was, uh, you know, I didn't think it was adversely umpired. Mm-hmm. Not no. enough to complain about it. No, that's it. What's your love this week, mate? My, my love is Todd Marshall um, playing the true centre-half forward role, which I think he is built to play. And I said it in the forum that I think that He's probably our most likely centre-half forward since Darren Smith um, in our era. Um, he played the role perfectly. Treaders? Running, Hey, no, well, I don't classify it. Treaders is probably one of the greatest power forwards. Okay. Right? I, I classify him as a oh, power forward. I see where you're forward, going. Yeah. Right? Whereas, you know, yeah, I mean, so... I know what I know what you're saying too, and I did think about that when I made the statement. But yeah, yeah, because Tread Treadray was a a power full forward and centre half forward, right? So he was yep. a power forward uh, and a guy that you could just plonk <laughs> inside fifty and just he would dominate the game, right? Whereas yep. you know Marshall uh, Darren Smith was our most recent prolific centre half forward. You know that that traditional lead up from the arc onto the wing, come back be that link man into the forward 50, um, come bob up with goals. And I, I thought uh, Marshall's game was the marking of that sort of player and he's got the skill set and also the endurance to be that sort of player. Right? Yeah, I, I thought he was I, great as well. Yeah, so um, I just think if as a port supporter, if you didn't notice it, I would be looking at this game and how he played, watch a replay because, yeah, I think... That's what we'll probably see from Todd going forward for the rest of his career. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he played a very good game of football. Um, as Windy Runner said, his kicking inside 50 was a highlight. Uh, yes, he didn't get on the score sheet, but the way he sort of patrolled that centre-half forward line was uh, was fantastic. And that also allowed Dixon to do his work closer to goal as well. Uh, my love uh, for this week is Sammy Mays. You know, I've been calling for him to get a go. Uh, he finally got a crack, and he didn't let us down, did he? I thought uh, I thought he was just uh, exceptional with the ball. Um, yes, he is pretty vanilla in terms of what he brings to the table, but you know, there's a reason why vanilla is so popular sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he just did what he had to do and what we wanted from him, which was get the ball, use it well, get involved. And, uh, you know, his last five minutes, he had a couple of really crucial uh, pieces of play, including that um, that kick to Robbie, which was just pinpoint perfect. Um, you know, on the, you know, tight on the boundary line with someone right on his hammer, and he, uh, he pulls that kick out to a leading Robbie Gray in the last 10 seconds. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, there was a beautiful kick. Saying that... The defender couldn't have done much else on Robbie Gray. He, Robbie oh, yeah. Gray took a clutch mark under pressure yeah. too, right? <clears throat> but, you know, it was a perfect kick for Robbie to lead into and, you know, history is showing we haven't always done that very well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking for Sam and I did have trouble sort of finding him throughout the game. Um, so he is, he is a bit of a vanilla player, so to speak, but he did his job, so... And again, I think in this environment that we're in now with our rosters, if we're going to call, use basketball terms, we need some players like Sam Mays because uh, we just can't re- rely on all first, second-year players because they're going to be inconsistent. So no, you need role we players. Need, we need those role players, and, and he did that very well. Yeah. You look at uh, recent premiership sides, and they've all had you know role players that you know sort of middle-age 
in football terms that um, aren't exactly fantastic, but they come in, they do their job, and that's all you want them to do. So they're not there to uh, to be the uh, the MVP or the the superstar. They're there just to play their role, win their position, and uh, and away we go. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the review. It was round seven. Port played Carlton at the Gabba, and what could only be described, in my opinion, as the game of the season so far. Port left it until after the siren with some Robbie Gray magic to win by three points. Nine goals, ten to nine goals, seven. Uh, Charlie Dixon kicked three in a, a very strong display up forward, whilst Kane Farrell slotted two as well. Um, you want to give us a rundown of uh, what happened out there, mate? Yep, so I think oh, what I'll start with is that the game was blistering, right? At the, there was like seven goals in the first nine minutes. You know, Port kicked the first three goals and we're thinking, here we go, like this is going to be an avalanche. And and to Carlton's credit, like I said, I think a couple of their goals came from, you know, dubious free kicks. But, hey, you still got to make the play and kick the goal. And they, and they did that. And I think there was that big red alert button going off in the box. Um, you know, they were just getting over the top of that press. Um, and they were just, and their speed with their small players was just tearing us apart because we just lost all defensive structure when that happened. Yeah. Um, you know, so hats off to Carlton. They probably won the quarter, um, to be honest. And for all of the people that uh, criticised Port Adelaide for not having a plan B, I think this was the game that showed Port Adelaide did have a plan B, right? Against mm. Brisbane, we just got decimated in the centre. Like, yeah. And the, it, this was a little bit different. You could see that um, Port slowed the play down a little bit against Carlton. Um, they hung a little bit deeper defensively, um, which slowed Carlton right down with their attacking movement. It stopped that transitional uh, play that was tearing us up in the uh, in the first quarter after we got the early momentum. And then really the game was just a, was an arm wrestle. You know, the Travis Boat continued his awesome season so far um charlie was just a, a monster up forward and you could you could definitely see we we rectified those forward craft issues by having a bit more space um you know and it was just a massive arm wrestle and, and hats off to carlton they made a great game of it they they took it right up to us and again <clears throat> credit to you know all port supporters should say hey credit to port adelaide they uh, the boys hung fat they did what they had to do uh, you know, there was sw- swings in momentum. You know, we got back in front. Carlton got back in front. The defensive unit was amazing. Hey, since we, we um, you know, gave Tom Clory fart jokes a couple of weeks ago, he's playing front position again, attacking the ball. Um, you know, Jonas is an absolute monster. And one of my reflections, Macca, was uh, how unified the, the team is this year. And, you know, last year the rumour was that I heard that, the team wanted Jonas as captain. The coaches wanted Ollie based on a promise as captain. Hence, the dual captains came in. We didn't yeah. play like a unified team. This year, we've gone back to the captain that the team wanted. He's playing like a, a ripper of a captain, should be playing, and the team looks like a unified team. So I don't know if it's a coincidence, but that was an observation that I made. But And then, look, in the last quarter... Um, yeah, it, again, I think we dominated the, the last 10 minutes. We really locked it in our forward zone. Uh, we just, as you pointed out, we just didn't maximise the chances. And I just, you know, sometimes it happens, I guess. But this, for this time in our season compared to previous seasons, we've been able to maximise our chances and at least get away with the win. And so I think we questioned Schofield after the Brisbane game. And as opposed to pointed out on Big Footy, you know, this week Cripps was nullified. The week before it was Hopper and the midfield of GWS. Um, so, you know, you could say good players had a bad, poor game, or you could say well done to Port for nullifying their good players. So, yeah. um, and the, the one observation I had too was the influence of Peter Adams. Yeah, he sprayed a couple of kicks, but, man, did he get some ball and uh, he, he broke even with an informed Ruckman that Carlton had. And he really made a he made a difference. And I think going forward, you know, and this is something we're speaking about with Scott Lysett, you know, Scott's a very cumbersome Rutman, a bit Lobie-esque, so to speak, but a better mark. Um, but you can see the future 
we haven't seen Hayes yet, who's supposed to be a better tap ruckman than Laddams. But in relation to mo- mobility and, and ball winning ability, Laddams shown it in previous games. Um, he can have some influence around the ground, and you know, so well done to a great team effort. Yeah, he's a gun. Uh, look, this was just a great game of footy, I thought. Um, and look, I, you know, to start the last quarter, I thought we looked absolutely cooked. Uh, you had a couple of players limping off the ground, and you know, they kicked a couple of quick goals to start the last quarter. And you thought, oh, I, you know, you know, they'll, they'll run over the top of us here because, you, and look. As you said, to sort of start the podcast, you know, there's a few Port fans out there that weren't overly happy with the win and all that sort of stuff. But people have to remember there's another team out there that's trying their best to win the game as well. Like, it's, we can't play 100% of every game on our terms. That's just never, ever going to happen. Um, you've got another team trying to win who's played very good football this year as it is. Um and you also add in the fact that this was the second game that we were flying in, flying out. You know, the players had to get up at, what, 4 o'clock in the morning to go to the club, to catch a bus to the airport, to get on the first plane of the day, to go halfway across the country and then play a game at 12.30 in the afternoon. Like, that's uh, that's going to take its toll as well. Um, and I thought, you know, given that to start the last quarter we looked cooked, to come back and win that game, I thought showed a lot of grunt, a lot of courage. And uh, as Kenny said, it was a very big win, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like we've lost a bit of um, run and carry from this game too, right? Yeah, well, Motlop looks injured. Um, Not that he was uh, getting much of it in the last month anyway. Um, And Burton, who came back into the side this week and had a great game. (laughs) And Mm. unfortunately, he's uh, looks like he might be out as well, but... Um, there you go. And Rosie, go. apparently, is in a moon boot as well. Yeah. Oh, well, as mm. you said, next uh, next one up. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think, I think they're got players, that, players uh, right? Yeah, exactly. We, we've got players that can come in and hopefully they can replace the output that, uh, that we're going to lose from them. I, I mean, the thing is, though, like previous seasons when we've failed, you know, I've, we both banged on about composure and leadership. Um, you know, I think uh, Jonas Boke is a former captain. The leaders are really standing up, but it's noticeable that there's a lot more composure. Some of those players, Ryan Burton's got amazing compl- composure uh, and just executes the ball well. Amon, Farrell, good composure players. Dan Houston, generally good composure player um you know you can see that those players are having a difference with ball usage and using the ball and plus we're just looking yeah very much more well coached so seems like we've got a much we've got a much stronger coaching nucleus this year um compared to previous years yeah for sure Let's talk about that kick, Robbie Gray. Um, as we said, he had a, a kick about five minutes earlier from a similar spot, and he shanked it. Um, and I said on the Big Footy chat, well, yeah, he never kicks those. Um, which he doesn't, usually. He's not, not the best set shot we've ever had, that's for sure. Um, probably should have taken the opportunity to kick that goal that he handballed to Marshall, but, you know, sticky hands at a clutch time and to slot that goal after the siren from that spot magic absolute magic yeah it's I was saying to my um, one of my workers yesterday that I remember the Peter Burgoyne kick in 2000 yep at Footy Park was that against Carlton as well yep I remember the the Jared Poulton kick from Sydney but that's it as a Port Adelaide supporter yeah, you know, they're the only ones I can remember, really. Yeah, a um, couple, couple of Magpies ones I remember, I think. But oh yeah, I'm just talking about AFL era, but um, yeah, well, it would only be those two. I think we've obviously seen Motlop, uh, Daniel Motlop, have a shot after the siren in Tassie, I think it was against St Kilda, and uh, Grimace as the <laughs> as the siren went and then shanked the kick, 
and obviously the uh, the world famous one that we'll never forget, Justin Westhoff uh, against Gold Coast for their first win. Yes. Um, but outside of that, uh, you, you're right. This is only the third time in our in our AFL history that that's happened. I think. And I mean, like he delivered. Like, what well, you you can't criticise the guy. You know, he uh, he stood up under immense pressure. Bloody difficult kick, right footer, right pocket, and uh, yeah, I mean, luckily, maybe we're lucky that he had that cider first, you know, and you know, but yeah, I mean, what a thrilling, you know, congratulations to him. I mean, what a thrilling moment, and he deserves all the accolades he gets. And you know, David Teague was pretty reflective on it. He, he was like, yeah, I was sort of expecting him to kick it. Yeah, he was due, and he probably was due because he's had a quiet start to the season, and yeah. Um, yeah, this was his best game so far. So uh, hopefully uh, Robbie's starting to ramp it up after his broken toe. Look, cream rises to the top, and as I said, he's the goat, mate. The greatest, Robbie the Grey. What a legend he is! And uh, goat of what? The goat of our football club. No, not really. He's probably look. He's definitely in the top two. There's no doubt about that. Um, top two. Top two for sure. Absolutely. Who's in front of him? Treaders. <coughs> and? That's it. Top two, mate. It's uh, <laughs> only one. I, I'm a bit of a fanboy. I reckon I'd have one getting in front of him. Oh. Yeah, maybe. That's it. Maybe. I'd have him third. Oh, I would have I, him look, third. I love Gav. I love Gav. But, uh, you know, half his best football was played somewhere else. So. Yeah, but doesn't matter. Still, as a Port Adelaide player, he was amazing. And and he's until Robbie wins the grand final, um, I'm still putting him behind one year's. Fair call. You mentioned Peter Laddams. What he did in and, that. Uh, let's talk about him yeah. quickly because he absolutely chewed up and spat out Mark Pitternet like he was a boiled lolly or something. I don't know. He what, was, is it, uh, what is it about Pete and able to get the ball? I mean... Okay, I mean, I'm I'm his buddy, so I've got to I've got to spruik him a bit. But you know, the hair's a bit questionable. But um, it's just he's ama- he's just got an amazing. He's showed it in most of his games he's played. His ball winning ability is amazing. Yeah, look, he looked like Cisco out there, which uh, which was amusing. But um, yeah, look, 21 touches. He led the way for Port in terms of possessions. Three marks, 16 hitouts. Um, it's just that sort of follow up work. He's just able to. Uh, uh, win the ball once it hits the ground, which um, mm. you know, not a lot of ruckmen do these days, I don't think. But uh, it's not like he was um, getting the ball loose like Dean Cox was um, all those years ago. He was doing it in close. And when you consider Mark Pitternett, who's had a very good season um, as Carlton's league ruckman so far, he had three kicks and one mark for the game. So he just destroyed him, absolutely destroyed yeah. him. And um you know, we've got two very different ruckmen in Lysett and Laddams. They both do different things. They're both probably as good as each other. Um, but look, Laddams is definitely the future for me. I think, um, you know, with the right sort of development, he could be up there in the uh, elite ruckman of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said earlier, I think the limitation with Scott is his mobility and probably a little bit of lack of ball use. Um yeah, you know, he's a bit clunky with the uh, Pete's a very smooth mover. He's almost a bit, it's a bit like Goldstein in a way, don't you reckon? In yeah, style, yeah, I think that's probably a fair call. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, if he becomes the player Goldstein was for that period of time, I mean, he'll be a fantastic player. So, hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a great option for us to have to have that. You know, I think the end. You can tie this conversation in with. Probably the the nearing of the end of Westhoff. Yeah. Well, let's talk he, about uh, Justin because <laughs> you know he had ninety one percent game time, which was like second or third for Port, and he had three touches for the game. Yeah. Look, up until the last, he had a good last five minutes because he took a couple of marks finally, but up until then he had one disposal for the match. He, that, I heard just, he was playing that decoy role, Macca. What, what decoy in the stands like that's just <laughs> in no way acceptable <laughs> to get that well, little thing, little of the ball like, it's interesting it, though because he started so well the season the first three games he was omnipresent and yeah. he's just disappeared he has I don't know like that's look, 
looks like we might be losing a, a couple of players anyway, so I don't know if we want to make an unforced change. But on that showing, I don't see how he can play this week, to be honest. Well, you'd, you'd have to think that... Um, and I guess we can't do the Thursday night podcast, so we can sort of package in a little bit of the talk around that as well. But you'd have to think, if Lysett's fit, and I don't know if he is, but if he is fit... I don't think he is, Justin would be making way for Scott Lysett this week if that was if that was the case. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be bringing in um, Hayes for him, for example, and you might just roll with it. But I don't know maybe he's injured. Who knows? Like, but yeah, it's 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 odd. But yeah, I'd rather I'd rather see probably going forward for a little stretch, Laddams and and Lysett when available, and probably Westhoff having a rest, which is interesting because his first three games of the year were really good. So I wonder if he's maybe picked up an injury. Or maybe he's just getting a little bit tired. I don't know. But uh, mm. look, it, it wasn't the fact that he just wasn't near the bowl. It was his complete lack of effort, which I found very frustrating out there. Like, he was just second to the contest all the time, and his opponent mm. was just marking everything in sight. So, uh, you know, you just got to be a bit more competitive than what he showed on the weekend. And um, as a Silla, I wouldn't mind seeing Jack Watts out there. Maybe Sam Hayes up forward. Who knows? Um, just as a as a one off, or Georgiades, who can also do that job too. So, well, you'd think maybe if Watts is fit, he might come in for Burton. Yeah, maybe or Bonner. Yeah, we might see Bonner come back in. Mm. But uh, yeah, and look, to be honest, I wouldn't mind. I mean, Hayes couldn't do any worse, could he? No, no. Look, he, you know, I, I want to see what he can do. You know, it's his third year on the list. We know he's got huge talent. He's got to get some form of opportunity at some point, otherwise we're going to lose him. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, he had, he's coming back from the ACL too, though. So um, that was a long time ago now, though. Yeah, but what do they say? You should take twelve months to recover from that, though. So, but yeah, it's I'd been, love to get been him. Been almost in. two years. Has it? Did he do yeah. it in his first year? He did it at the start of the second season. Yeah. 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 Well, let's get him in. My two buddies. I'd love to see him in the side at the same time. Mm. Uh, let's see who's next. Charlie Dixon, what a display of football that was. Um, you know, he's having some former season. He took six contested marks, seven marks inside 50, kicked three goals, four. Um, probably could have slotted a couple of extra ones there, but uh, all in all, yeah, he, missed he was... Two, he missed two sitters. Yeah, look, he was best on ground. And I, look, I don't... You know, that was frustrating watching him miss that last one from 15 out straight in front, but, you know, he was absolutely cooked at that point as well. What a mark, though. What a great mark. Yeah, he's and, he's in some he's in career best form at the moment. And did you notice it was Houston that spotted him up both times? Yeah, both of those marks in the last quarter. Yeah, Houston kicked it in perfectly for him the marker. I mean, but it was still it was an amazing pack mark. And uh, yeah, benefit of hindsight, he should have gone off with the bloody blood rule and and uh, let someone else take it. Pointed out the blood to the umpires and uh, had a, a calmer player maybe take the take the kick kick, but. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, we've been waiting five years for, for Charlie to do this. He sort of he sort of gave us the hope in 2017 and um, outside of the that, that game we don't talk about. Um, and then he sort of, yeah, disappeared with injury and again. and uh, But, yeah, he's fit and firing and he's taken some massive marks and yeah, he's a beast out there. So uh, I'm loving the confidence, so... Whatever Travis did to him over in America, it's done wonders. And it sounds like looks like Chad Corns' uh, arrogance on the field has uh, flowed over to him with his influence on Charlie as well. Yeah, he's in great form at the moment. But what about your boy and his cheeky little blocks um, in the forward 50 and butters? Set him up perfectly, Charlie, for one of those marks. And you can see when he marked it in the replay... Um, yeah, Zach's got this big smile and smirk on his face. You know, he did exactly what he needed to do. So, yeah. he's, a, he's a great team player, Zach. Well, that was just the perfect block, wasn't it, for a forward block? Um, yeah. Got enough in his way without making it look obvious. And, uh, yeah, game on, play on. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope that the umpiring doesn't zone in on that stuff. Because, I mean, Hamish got pinged for it. No, I thought it was bullshit. Like, Hamish just was there. He stood there. He didn't get in the way. He just stood there, and the player sort of ran into him. Like sometimes I feel like the modern AFL umpiring is just rewarding 
a lack of awareness of a, a poor player and they get they get compensated for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, well, look, blocks uh, happen all the time. Blocks happen in just about every single you know stoppage. Well, they do happen in every single stoppage, every single game, every week of the year, and they happen on a extremely regular basis up forward as well in marking contests and. Um, you know, some some players do it exceptionally well and and hide the fact that they're doing it, and that's what it's all about. And others make it a little bit more obvious and get pinged for it. So it's just a matter of Butters just making sure that uh, he does it inconspicuously. And, and what uh, did you what did you think of Zach? Oh, he was great. Once again, he was fantastic. I was um, very critical of his kick. I've, you know, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now he's got to stop those sort of really high dinky kicks and. Look, it was probably his fault that Motlop got injured, in my opinion, <laughs> because that kick was ridiculous. Um, but outside of that, I thought he was brilliant yet again. And, you know, he took that great saving mark on the line, uh, kicked a nice goal, did the did the hard stuff, did the blocks, you know, uses the ball exceptionally well. He's just having a monster season at the moment. I've heard it all now, Macca. You're blaming a, you're blaming a poor, innocent kid's kick on Motlop doing his ankle. Yep. Come on. Just because it was a little bit floaty. Yep, 100%. Yeah. He should have landed better. He should Come have on. handballed it to him instead of kicking a <laughs> sand wedge <laughs> eight metres. <laughs> well, he didn't have to kick it then. But, look, it is what it is. Look, he's, he's been excellent, as we know, and uh, let's hope he continues this form all season. What about his fellow forward, Rosie? He, see, um, he seems to be in a rut at the moment, doesn't he? Uh, look, we've spoken about Rosie a lot, and uh, yes, it's clear he's in some sort of rut. Looked like he got a little bit injured. Um, I don't know. I maybe he, maybe he just needs like a week off a little bit just of the to Chad get over No, I don't I, think so. I think he was trying hard. He just um, he just wasn't getting near the ball, I don't think. Mm. I don't know. Well, the, the coaches are obviously putting a lot of attention to him after last year, so... Yeah. Uh, it's just something you got to work through. I mean, it took Sam Powpepper probably his second and third year weren't weren't that great after his first year as well. So yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to work through it as a player, don't you? Yeah. And look, you mentioned Jonas and his leadership. Yes, he was absolutely brilliant on the weekend. Probably best on ground. Mm. Um, just a monster down back. He's yeah, just he's strong. A, again, he's having a career best year, and you know, with his mate there, Trent McKenzie, who's just. A revelation. You know, the most improved footballer in in the AFL this season, I would think. Mate, I would have. I, well, I think I did say it to you. Like, I put a line through Trent. I don't know what the hell's I think going everybody on there. Like, yeah. He, uh, I was trying to... Oh, man. How can I forget his name? Paxman, eat your heart out. Sort of Pax, stuff, right? Paco. The Paco. The Pac-Man. But, yeah. I mean, the, the whole defensive group is doing well, but Mac, I just need to stop you before we, we go talking about the defenders and how great Tom Jones is. I mean, if you're going to use the word great, what about what about Sam Walsh, Mac? I mean, what do you think of that mark? Wasn't it one of the best marks you've ever seen in the history of the game? And what a player is he? Yeah, he's a gun. He's a gun, and that was an excellent mark. Oh, I just can't believe Dixon got asked that question post game. I mean, come on, just talk about Paul. <laughs> If I can ask the Carlton coach after the game in his press conference, so if you want to wank over bloody um, Sam Walsh, but uh, really, like, let's get rid of the Vic bias for like a millisecond. Ports just won a great game after the siren, but let's uh, let's just inter- interrupt everything to talk about Sam Walsh's mark. I mean, Tom Jonas's mark wasn't much worse that he got robbed not mm. long after, you know, yeah. but that didn't didn't exist. And yeah, Tom Jonas's intercept play, his marking his strength, and he's back to the Tom Jonas. Uh, did he, get, he was in the All-Australian squad. He didn't get All-Australian, did he? No, I think Three twice he's been in the AA squad, and uh, so, he was very very was close just... a couple of years ago. Yeah, three years ago? Yeah, uh, 2018, I reckon it might have been. Yeah, well, he's he's probably twice the player of what he was that year. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's leaving the player at the right time to spoil um, his intercept marking for a guy that's you know 189 centimeters or whatever he is. I mean, he's a he's a big unit, and he he plays like a 195, 196 
uh, defender. Like, mm. yeah, you know, hats off to him. And I mean, he, I saw he was on bets for a while there in the game, and then also on the tools. Yeah, the guys, uh, the guys killing it, and well done to him. Yeah, well, they did a great job. You know, bets had pretty much zero impact on the game. Casbolt mm. uh, the same. He had no real sort of impact. Mackay kicked a few goals and. That was about it for their forwards. You know, we, we mentioned them in the preview that uh, they were dangerous. They've all been kicking goals, but, uh, you know, we shut them out pretty well. Did you Have you noticed that we seem to be using the long-kicking defenders more and more frequently this year but and better as well? Mackenzie and Hartlett both seem to be having a bit of... <clears throat> a lot more long-kicking leeway than previous seasons. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'd, I'd agree with that. We're certainly using them smartly, and they're using the ball a bit better as well, which is nice. I mean, they're, they're such good weapons to have to to be able to sort of break zones or push zones deeper, um, you know, which works to our advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, it's yeah, it's a great weapon to have, really. And and then you got Kane Farrell and the forward half now coming up. He did it did it again, another Speaking influential goal. Yep. Hey, under pressure. Another big bomb from outside 50. He was great. Yeah, so he uh, he's doing well. I mean, well, what about the, probably the last player I'll bring up for you is um, the maligned and chastised Ollie Wines. Is he getting a bit of a rough stick now from the supporters? Uh, not sure. I thought his disposal was pretty poor again. Um, but look, he got. But he coaches, is in the cold. He face, got coaches. Right? He is. He is right in the guts. A lot of his kicks are under pressure, being tackled. Those sort of kicks aren't the problem. It's the ones where he's free and turns it over, which is the problem. Mm. Like, no one expects him to be, you know, doing pinpoint passes out of, you know, packs or anything like that, because that just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, But it's the ones where he's free or if he's, you know, Got a free handball and he, you know, muffs the handball. That, that's the one that's the problem. But um, look, he he was pretty good. I thought he was okay. He he looks like he's building into the season as well, though. Yeah, you know, he he started off pretty rusty and slow. I think he's now got his confidence back in his shoulder. Um, and uh, yeah, you can see, you can definitely see that. <coughs> excuse me, that you probably can't run both him and Rockcliffe in the same side at this point in time, especially if Houston's going to play in the middle. And, and Houston stood up again and rose mm-hmm. his uh, level to another bar. But um, I think probably Rockcliffe, under the heat of traffic, in the right under pressure, probably just uses it a little bit better than Ollie. But I think Ollie's just a lot more stronger around the contest. I'd say that, yeah. that's probably the comparable difference for the two at this point in time. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the Corns brother has asked on Spreaky Chat, who was our last defender to make All-Australian? To make All-Australian? Mm. Oh. We've had a few make the squad in recent years in Pittard and Jonas, but... Mead? I'm trying to think. No, he never made All-Australian. I'm trying to think Should maybe have. it was uh, Chad Corns. That might Wilbur be the Wilson? last one. Wilson never yeah. made it. Didn't he? He should have. No. No, Huskis made it in the first year. Montgomery <laughs> made it in 02. Yeah. Uh, Chad Corns in 04. And then I guess if you count Chad again in 07, or whether you... like, I think he was yeah. named in the midfield, but he did yeah. play a bit down back that year as well. Uh, Windy Runner has said Pittard in 2015. He was in the squad. He never made the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I reckon probably Chad Corns back in 04 was our last one off the top of my yeah. head. It's a long we're time. Always un- we're always, we're underrepresented in the Brownlow votes and in the final All-Australian team. Mm. Well, look, let's but... go through some questions off Big Footy. Uh, Cheesy Mac has asked, in a hypothetical scenario where the umpires send off Robbie for having a scratch on his eyebrow, who do you want taking that kick to win the game? Kane Farrell. It's got to be Farrell. Farrell or Houston, I reckon, for me. Yeah, I don't know. Dan's a great kick, but his set shot kicking's a bit off. Mm. I knew that his set shot at goal, Dan, he um, pushed it to the right. And if you look at the replays, his shot at goal in that position, he's had a a few of them this season last year. He's done it with every single kick, pushed it to the right. 
So he might be like me in hockey where I was an awesome passer, great winger, but put me in front of goals. I used to go to, I used to crumble like a buddy, uh, like a like a biscuit dipped in coffee. So yeah. I just gave. I I went to my skill set, which is just pass it. <laughs> so yeah. maybe Dan's like me. Maybe. Uh, Interstater has asked, uh, why won't we play Laddams on Max King this week? He's got pace, height, smarts, experience, or mobility. Because uh, we'll need a we'll need a ruck. We'll need him in the ruck. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And his follow-up question is, how many will King kick on Cleary slash McKenzie? Maybe um, one. Two goals, maybe, if he's lucky. Two at the most, I think. Well, don't underestimate our defensive unit, right? Our defence has been, been great. Good. I mean, it's only been Brisbane that's the anomaly game, but they were just torn apart by the midfield. So the defend- defenders had no hope. It was a bit like that North Melbourne disaster the previous year, you know, when they just killed us at bloody Marvel. Like... You can blame the defenders all you like, but at the end of the day, the, the, when there's no midfield pressure, it's almost impossible, especially when you've got the 666 set up on the field. Like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. The real question is how many goals is Charlie Dixon going to kick on Dougal Howe? <laughs> is Dougal going to be strong enough for Charlie? Well, he's definitely going to be quick enough. Uh, I don't know. How did it's how did going to be a really good prize. I saw he kicked a goal. He had a dodgy start, um, but ended up having one of his best games for St Kilda, I think. Did he? Well, who who played on Walker? Because he's been a spud. And he well, he, he played on Walker, yeah. Oh, and Walker kicked, what, three, four goals? No, I think he kicked two. No, I thought he kicked three. Mm, three no. or four. Two, well, he was three. their best player, apparently. Yeah, nah. nah. Well, then, uh, <laughs> if Taylor can kick two on him, I think Charlie's good for five. Yeah, look, I would hope for three or four, but uh, just a ram at home, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Cheesy Mac has also asked, uh, this was a question he was asking in his living room after the game, which was the better Robbie Gray winner, the Ryder to Gray goal in the wet against St Kilda or this one against Carlton? Nah, this one. I reckon the uh, the St Kilda one, the degree of difficulty was probably higher. Well, it was a... Was it though? Like it wasn't after the siren. It was still from fifty out. Yeah, but he, was, he was running. He had momentum running. You know, you don't have time really to think about it. You just sort of you're in the heat of the moment. You're just doing it. Yeah. I think like when you when you've got and then when you're setting up and you're about to and you're going to start and then the siren goes, it, it completely. I think it just completely shatters your momentum. I I can't recall many kicks that I've seen after the siren where where the siren goes when they're mid-setup like, or when they start where they actually kick the goal because the siren is very distracting in that in that process of going through it. It's like, it's like going for a teeing off on golf and someone yells out in your backswing, you know. It's like, right. So uh, I'm, go- yeah. I'm going with Robbie with the after the siren, definitely the, the harder kick. Fair enough. Fair enough. CT Power has asked, do you see a cliff coming with our ageing list? If so, how far away is it? Well, we spoke about that, but mm. um, yeah, I think so. But I, I think that's where, hey, and maybe this season with the with the format is going to force the coaches' hands in blooding and developing some, some players. I think where we're going to hurt is Atley and Drew. Are they back? Like, because, you know, we might need them mm. in the midfield. We might. Yes. Are they back or are they still injured? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Trying to find that... out any sort of information about what's happening with the reserves players is uh, very difficult at the moment. Because uh, I'd say your boy Atley's in big trouble, Macca. Yeah, I think so. I think Career-wise. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. We were saying the same thing about Trent McKenzie this time last year. So True. Uh, it just is crystal ball time. What will you be saying about Peter Laddam's career on the podcast in 2030? It's going to be saying, get rid of that blonde hair, buddy. How can you be a multiple All-Australian Premiership player and have a haircut like that? That's just outrageous. Spot on. Spot on. He's also asked, uh, which of our uncapped youngsters are you most looking forward to seeing debut? Sam Hayes. 
Hayes would be definitely my first pick because I think he's got the talent to be something pretty special. Uh, the other one would be uh, Jake Patmore if he ever gets a chance. I think uh, he's definitely one that I'm very interested in seeing how he goes. Hmm. Don't know about much about Jake, but um, um, yeah, I mean, all of them. I love seeing the new blood come through, Meaty. Um, I'm really excited to see Schofield next year, right? But um, we're still focused on this year. So Hayes, Hayes would be the one. I would think so. Um, Laugh Laugh has also asked, final question is, uh, does the 10-second rule apply to hot chips? I think it applies well, to everything, doesn't it? Well, it's deep fried in oil and boiling hot. Depends how hot the chip is. I'd probably mm. go 15 if it's like straight out of the bag. Piping hot. Mm. I know you're the expert, Macca. Depends on the floor too, right? Correct. Yeah. If it's carpet, then it's just a no-go zone, I think, straight away. Depends then, where my child then, is. Then you got the fur factor, which is uh, disappointing. Oh, yeah. And pets. Pets, yeah. It could be my... pet, pet hair, dog hair on it. You know, it's, it gets a bit messy. Here's a, here's a story you can relate to, Macca. I didn't... My, we had a babysitter today and um, we got home and apparently... Uh, our 20-month-old daughter, Adelaide, um, decided to put a hand down the back of her pants and pull out some poo and go, poo, and uh, and then did it with the other one. <laughs> awesome. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad it was for her and not for me. <laughs> so hey, I guess the babysitter's the never coming back then. <laughs> what was the comment about uh, Windy Runner in the chat room about the greatest podcast of all time? What, what's going on there? We are the greatest podcast of all time, mate. Well, it's undoubtable. Right. Like, who else? What else could there be? There is nothing else, mate. Just us. Yeah. We know it's just us. Well, is there any other podcast that actually exists outside of ours? Definitely not. Yeah, I didn't think so. Definitely not. Remember when we boomed it on iTunes? Yeah, and we were the number one sports podcast on iTunes for a while. Yeah. But when we were young and enthusiastic. Those were the days. Put in a, yeah. When we put in a lot of effort. Put in effort, yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> now we... Now we don't even post up uh, anything on social media and we just no. do it. Time. We're getting old. That's it. Olden time. But, Windy, uh, Windy Runner has uh, asked, do we trade Atley for Will Walker? Uh, I wouldn't mind that. They're both pretty similar. Um, Rick's probably scratching his head saying, who the hell is Will Walker? But, I have not. Is, is he related to Willy Wonka? Yes, definitely. Definitely oh, related okay. to Willy Wonka. Uh, well, that's it for this evening, mate. Now, our Thursday show is not going to exist this week because we're both Sorry. Uh, we're both under the pump. I'm having I'm surgery, and you're in Wyala, so yes. It's, uh, so we'll be we'll be back reviewing. I can't even get to the game. Shock horror! So geez. I'm looking after my mate, Crazy Big Al. He's going to get my pirate life ticket. So awesome. uh, so I heard I saw lots of people we know getting tickets though. So that's a, an enthusiastic. Sign for everybody, and Indeed. you're going. Yep, yeah, I got a ticket. So happy days. How's, how's Paddy Ryder going this season, by the way? Well, he had a monster game last night, but uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't see it. So did he? I think he had eleven hitouts to advantage or something. So shit. Yeah. Most uh, you know, most ruckmen get about three or four a game, but yeah. Um, but he's probably been not that great overall. Uh, you know, Marshall's probably better as their sole ruck, but it seemed to work for them last night having both inside. So, hmm. so they'll yeah. try and probably play the two rucks. Yeah, I, this week. I would think so. Um, what are your thoughts? Who's going to win that game, mate? Considering we're not doing the Thursday show. Well, look, I'm pretty confident Port Adelaide's form will back it in. I mean, but the only thing is uh, the injuries. If Rosie's out, Motlop's out. Um, Burton's out. Burton's a big loss. I thought he had an amazing game. We didn't really talk about him, but he was great with his ball use. And even the game before, like a lot of his ferocious attack at the play, like tackling the week before against GWS. So I thought it was Dan Houston, but it was Burton. Um, so he's a big loss. Um, I hope it's a, not an ongoing career thing where he's sort of made a glass because I think he can be a, an amazing, valuable player for us going forward. So, you know, I think that's the real challenge, you know. We mm. can't really, we can't bring in, I guess you, if we're looking at it just quickly, um, you know, Motlop and Ebert would probably be the exchange there, right? Um, yeah. 
you know, and um, Rosie, maybe a Williams, Bergman, if he's out. Uh, Burton, I sort of propose maybe you look at a, a Leanit, Bonner, or Watts. Um, so, I mean, they're all reasonable like-for-like replacements. Um, and Motlop and Rosie haven't really been setting the world on fire, but obviously they take attention from good players, which mm. may be a Williams. Spudak is a Williams-type player, an opportunity to maybe shine too, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, like, Westoff, I was joking around saying bringing Hayes for Westoff, I don't know, I don't know his form, but if Lysett was available, you'd probably, you'd probably flick Lysett for Westoff, and it's all pretty much mm. like-for-like like changes, so... Yep. You know, you're not, we're not really dropping a huge lot of experience. Um, you know, so, uh, it would sort of, it would sort of pair up. So I guess the risk for us going forward is, you know, if you lose like a, a Boken wines all at the same time, you know, that's, that's where it becomes problematic or, a, yeah. or Marshall or Dixon, you, you lose two of those key pillars in the same game. That would be problematic. So, uh, but yeah, so taking into account light for light changes. With those injuries, um, well, I mean, I think we should be too good for St Kilda myself. I always hope so. The the positive is that we got to see how St Kilda play Adelaide Oval last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can dissect that and uh, and work out what we want to do to uh, to beat that as well. But uh, well, well, I, I, would, Pil- I would think we should be winning. Pilfy on the forum made a, a very interesting comment, observation. He said that, St Kilda's detriment if they play that style against us is that they go to the flanks a lot, yeah. which is really going to suit our store, sort of style of play of trying to lock them down, yeah. um, which would mean we should flood our forward 50. Did, did you watch the game last night or seen a refive and see them? Oh. Did they? Bits I wonder if they're, I wonder I was if they're playing. watching Chef, mate. Yes. What a, Amelia. She was pretty good this year, though, wasn't she? She was very good, yeah. And so was it Laura's... I, I missed her. I had to go play basketball, so I missed the last half an hour. Was it Laura's um, Waddlesey crumb that was her undoing? No, it was her gelato, which was uh, the undoing. She accidentally left the freezer a little bit open, which uh, meant oh. that her gelati uh, was a little bit icy, and that was the difference between them. So was that one of, was that, uh, one of the nuances in the show where... They show her putting it in the freezer with the door open, and but no one says anything and picks it up. Kind of, yeah. <clears throat> I'm surprised one of the contestants watching her didn't point it out to her. Well, it was. It's not like she left it wide open. It was just like very small, open, sort of thing. Yeah. So, were you a Master Chef 2020 fan? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. It's the first time yeah, I've, I... I've watched the whole thing since the first season. So. Yeah. I thought it was a really good season. And I'm, I'm glad Amelia won because I thought she was probably, consistent. in the end, the most consistent. Yeah. Oh, I had my I had my money on Reynold. I thought Reynold was the man. Mm. And I wasn't expecting a, a dessert to take him down. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed go. I enjoyed the series. I thought it was good. And, man, it's like, it's like everything on social media. The, the armchair critics like you look i look at some of those clickbait stories that they just manufacture to try and get um ads up and stuff and the people criticizing you know the hosts or the contestants because they laugh too much or whatever it's like yeah, it's your life man <laughs> but uh but yeah anyway so anyway yeah and no, i'm looking uh, forward to the game i'll watch prediction. It what is it oh, i'm gonna go st kilda uh, port la by five five and a half goals charlie to kick Charlie's going to kick five goals too, and uh, and Marshall's going to dominate again at centre half forward. And I like it. I can't believe I didn't bet Travis Boat kick the first goal. Oh, after I know. Podcast, oh, mate. I was going to mention that after after our chat last <laughs> week, and uh, that great question that we got. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I wonder yeah, what for it him paid. for him to do it again. What was that number eleven in the last four years uh, or something? So. I wonder, I wonder, can you bet the first goal of the game in, on Sportsbet and stuff? I would think so, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I wonder what the odds were because uh, I put that massive multi on and then I, I did think I uh, should have put Travis for the first goal and I was thinking, nah, no way. He's already done it a couple of times. No chance. And, of course, voila, that happens. There he goes. But anyway, Moving might have to forward. do it again this week. Maybe it's uh, Showtime Travis. Maybe. 
All right. What about you? What's your port, prediction? Port by 12. And how's, how are the former Port players going to go? I think Dougal will do a decent job on Dixon, I think. And I think Ryder will struggle. Hmm. Do you think Lysett would have been a good matchup for Ryder? No, I think, Laddams, think... I think Laddams against Marshall is the right matchup. Laddams against Marshall or Ryder? Well, Marshall's their lead ruck, so. Yeah. So, did they play. I want, So, are they playing Ryder or forward ruck, are they, like we're used to? Kind of, yeah. Hmm. Well, hopefully, the former fat port rider shows up, the fat and lazy <laughs> one, not the Maybe. energetic, athletic one. Hmm. All right. Well, I was a Patty fan. All right, mate. Indeed. Have a good one. Until next time, where we can talk about. We can find another uh, reality TV show to discuss. Oh. Maybe Bachelor in Paradise or something. I don't know. No, I'm not watching that. Not watching Big Brother. (laughs) What about a series? Billions. Billions. I love billions. Billions is great. Billions. Blacklist. If you were gonna, if you were gonna pick a uh, a female star of billions to take out for a date, who would you pick? The main character's wife, I think. The blonde one or Wendy, the psychologist? Wendy, yeah. Uh, everyone would choose Wendy. Yeah. Sexy woman. Yeah, yeah good choice. I like it. All, All right. right. Until next time. Too easy. Can't the power. Adios. See you next Tuesday. Yo.